Gail Trotter, a conservative voice for you, right inside our nation's capital. Legal and political analysis. Now, The Gail Trotter Show. Hi, I'm Gail Trotter, host of The Gail Trotter Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. You are not going to believe the latest development in the General Flynn case. The judge in the case, Judge Emmett Sullivan, has appointed a political partisan to pick up the mantle of the Obama Justice Department and try to push forward the conviction of General Flynn. Just when you think it can't get any crazier or worse, the judge overseeing this case is going one step crazier. I have three points on this latest development in the General Flynn case to share with you. So you might remember Judge Emmett Sullivan was presented a motion by the prosecutors wanting to dismiss the case against General Flynn for one count of making false statements to the FBI during the interview with General Flynn at the White House. So the prosecutors made this motion to Judge Sullivan to dismiss the charge against General Flynn with prejudice, meaning the, they can't end up prosecuting General Flynn again for this or anything related to this. And the defendant, General Flynn, agreed to that because there's no threat, as I outlined in yesterday's episode, that the Department of Justice is doing this in an underhanded fashion, trying to harass General Flynn by dropping a case where they think they're going to lose it and then continuing to prosecute him. So it was beyond strange that Judge Sullivan took it upon himself instead of being happy that this case and this injustice against General Flynn was finally done for he decided to take it upon himself not to sign the order dismissing the charge against General Flynn and letting him go back to his life and try to recover some of his life. No, Judge Emmett Sullivan decided that he would open up the record to what are called amicus briefs. They're friend of the court briefs essentially allowing third parties who have no interest in the case to come forward and let their opinions be known. Although in the past, when friends and, and supporters of General Flynn wanted to weigh in on General Flynn's criminal case, Judge Sullivan didn't allow these amicus briefs, these friends of the court filings. So I'm gonna link down below to this excellent editorial in the Wall Street Journal entitled Judge Sullivan's Bad Judgment. And in the editorial, the Wall Street Journal editors make the important point that if the prosecution and the defense both agree to dismiss a case, the judge should not refuse it. It should be an easy call. And I like how the Wall Street Journal summarizes. They said, that the judge is inviting comments from outsiders, which is, quote, a de facto outsourcing of the prosecution to legal analysts who want Flynn to hang because he worked for Trump. And we have seen that over and over again, the hysterics of the people who hate Trump. They just they don't just oppose his policies. They don't just think he's a bad president. They think he's a terrible person. They think he's the next Hitler. And they want to make sure that they do whatever they can to take him down and anyone in his sphere of influence or his orbit. And I think this is a really scary thought that the Wall Street Journal editors make this they have this question for observers of what's going on with Judge Sullivan. 
Does Judge Sullivan want to keep General Flynn's case open so that if Biden is elected, Biden's Department of Justice can resurrect the case against General Flynn? What a horrible thought. I hope that is not the case. But there's a lot of evidence pointing towards it. There also is a group called the Watergate Prosecutors, which of course is meant to elicit an idea of government corruption and the idea that these prosecutors are the guys in white hats and they have so much uh, experience in dealing with government corruption. And so there is this group with people like Nick Ackerman who accused Trump of treason for the Trump Tower meeting that was shown through the Mueller investigation that nothing was wrong with that. There was no collusion, there was no obstruction. The Wall Street Journal editors say further that this is clearly violating the rules of evidence and that the role of the judge is to oversee cases and controversies and not supplant the executive branch's prosecutorial duty. I'm also going to link down below to this article by an author named Chenoweth. It's in Forbes and it calls out Judge Sullivan for violating two very important precedent cases of higher courts. One of these cases came down just last week by the Supreme Court with a 9-0 unanimous decision. It was dealing with a case where there was a woman who was charged with bilking Filipino workers of a lot of money for promising them something under a law that didn't exist anymore. And in this case, uh, Justice Ginsburg really made the point that a judge can't pull everything together if they don't agree with the resolution and violate the rules just to try and get to this, the resolution that the judge want the judge, or in this case, there was a panel of judges that they want to get to. And uh, there was a another case in the the D.C. Circuit, which is where General Flynn's case is being heard at at a higher court. A higher court had this decision that was on the same point that a judge can't take the role of the prosecutor and decide that they don't like that the prosecutor gave. Uh, a defendant a break. So in this district court, in this DC circuit case, which was decided by the court one step higher than Judge Sullivan's court, the prosecutors had worked out an agreement with the defendant, which is a deferred prosecution agreement, and they had told the defendant, if you do these things, then we're essentially not going to push forward with the criminal prosecution. And the judge in the second case was unhappy with it. They thought that the defendant shouldn't get off that easily. And the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals smacked down that judge and said, no, you can't do that. That's not your job. You are the judicial branch. You hear cases and controversies, but you don't exercise prosecutorial discretion. So my second point for you today is that Judge Emmett Sullivan showed his hand when he selected John Gleason to specifically to file an amicus brief and to explore the possibility of a perjury charge against General Flynn. As we've discussed many times, General Flynn was charged with one crime of making false statements to the FBI. Unlike President Obama in a recently released phone call to his alumni association, Obama said that essentially General Flynn was being let off scot-free from perjury, 
but he was never charged with perjury. And so it is so outrageous for Judge Sullivan to put a motion out there, an order out there appointing John Gleason to look into this matter and saying, hey, look at whether a per perjury charge would be appropriate too. That's crazy. And it's also oddly weird that President Obama used that same word at the same time that Judge Sullivan is adding this to his order as well. And you might want to know, well, who is John Gleason? Let's assume that it's okay to have friends of the court come in and give advice to judges, which I already said in point one is completely violative of the rules of evidence and it's against justice and probably implicates due process as well. But let's assume that that's okay. Let's talk about the person that Judge Sullivan selected. John Gleason is a former prosecutor and he's a Clinton judge. He's a former judge that was appointed by Bill Clinton. Now he's a law partner at a firm called Debevoise and Plimpton, which represented Sally Yates. Little bit of a conflict of interest there. But it's so fascinating that most importantly, for all the world to see, John Gleason was one of three authors of a recent op-ed talking about how the judge should not use the motion of, to dismiss to dismiss General Flynn's case. It, I quote, the motion to, to dismiss does not need to be the end of the case and it shouldn't be. And what does John Gleason and the other authors of this op-ed put forward as evidence for why this should not, be end of, should not be the end of the case against General Flynn? One of their arguments is that the motions at this stage are virtually unheard of. Well, that's because the amount of abuse of the prosecutors in this case is not usual for these cases. And we've outlined earlier this week the fact that no warning was given to General Flynn, practice, policy, and procedure was violated when Comey decided to send the agents there. He didn't return the call of Sally Yates, who had told Comey that the White House needed to be notified. The agents, after the fact, didn't think General Flynn had lied. They altered the 302, which is the report of the interview, because the the information that the agents had when they came back was that General Flynn didn't give definitive answers, said he didn't remember, couldn't recall, was vague. And when you're trying to make a case that someone made false statements to the FBI, you have to show that they made false statements. And when you have equivocal answers, it doesn't really give evidence for that. More importantly, there was no materiality. As the motion to dismiss had that we described earlier this week, there was no reason to to interview General Flynn. They had already come up with a closing memorandum. They said no interview was necessary. And the, the sole basis of interviewing uh, General Flynn was this communication with Ambassador Kislyak. There was nothing wrong with those communications. That was so normal that a national security advisor would want to contact the people that he would be working with and start building those relationships. There was absolutely nothing wrong about those communications. So think about that when John Gleason, who has now been appointed by Judge Sullivan, writes in this op-ed that motions at this stage, meaning once the person has already pled guilty, are virtually unheard of, he should be going to the opposite conclusion. Wow, the government's behavior is so egregious that we see that even though the, the defendant has already pled guilty, 
Of course you're going to dismiss this case because of all of these systematic abuses by the federal government. The federal government has awesome power in chasing after people. And when you have an abuse to this magnitude, particularly given the political nature of it, it is just outstanding. It, it, it is astonishing. It is jaw-dropping. And when you look at more of this op-ed from John Gleason, it says, quote, the facts suggest that the prosecutors abused power. No, he's not talking about the prosecutors under the Mueller investigation. He's not talking about the prosecutors when President Obama was in office. He's talking about the prosecutors right now who are trying to right the wrongs against General Flynn. This op-ed also says, quote, the record reeks of improper political influence. Yet again, I would say, yes, the record reeks of improper political influence, but against the former prosecutors, not against the ones trying to make things right for General Flynn. And it shows right away that John Gleason has already prejudged this case. He's saying, as a part of evidence, he's saying the Department of Justice says that it cannot prove its case. But Flynn already admitted guilt. I mean, this guy's a former judge. He's a former prosecutor. He knows that people plead guilty for things that they're not guilty of. As I said, and everyone knows, the government has a lot of power, and they can threaten defendants with all sorts of things to get them to, to plead guilty for something that they're not guilty of, particularly when it's a crime that's a process crime, and it's something that is hard to prove anyway. So... It's fascinating to, uh, I'm going to link to a couple of articles here from Fox News that were really excellent going back in time, talking about how weirdly one time Judge Sullivan asked the prosecutors of General Flynn, the old prosecutors, not the current prosecutors, asked them if they had considered charging General Flynn with treason. And he had these really astonishing, like over-the-top comments about how disgusted he was with the crime at issue. And the crime was, even at that point, was making false statements to the FBI, not treason. Uh, so it just, it's just a bizarre series of facts that happen in this case. Now, this op-ed also talks about how um, Roger Stone was given a break, essentially, and how uh, people who were representing the Trump administration in the Supreme Court census case had to bow out. And there was all this controversy about that. So it's showing you exactly how John Gleason is ideologically aligned and what his thinking is. So if you're talking about appointing someone independent to review this case, which is ridiculous and shouldn't be done, and, and right at the beginning is a bad, terrible, unjust idea, even if you hold that aside for a moment, this man, John Gleason, is anything, anything but independent. And in the op-ed, he says, he makes a directive to appoint independent attorney as friend of the court, ensuring a full adversarial inquiry. This turns the entire idea of our justice system on the head. We have an adversary here. We have the defendant and we have the government. We're not going to add the prosecutor that Judge Sullivan would rather have, rather than the executive branch prosecutor, which has the actual authority to prosecute General Flynn and to dismiss the charges against General Flynn.
And it's the final point of this op-ed by John Gleason and his merry band of friends. He says, Flynn's guilt has already been adjudicated. Well, that makes no sense, and any former prosecutor and judge should understand that. That's why we have appeals. That's why things come out. That's why I, I'm sure people that are politically aligned with him are the same people trying to get people off the death penalty all the time because they had ineffective assistance of counsel or you know, there's some technicality or whatever. But this case is not about a technicality. And this man, John Gleason, should know better. And to, to straightforwardly, straight-facedly say in this op-ed that Flynn's guilt has already been adjudicated shows he's not independent, shows he has this political leaning when he brings up Roger Stone and he brings up the census case. And this is a terrible, terrible idea by Judge Sullivan. So my third and final point to share with you today is that Judge Emmett Sullivan is wrong to force General Flynn, who already had to sell his home to incur more legal expenses to fight off not only Judge Sullivan, but also John Gleason and all these other partisan hacks who are going to flood into this case with these amicus briefs, trying to come up with what we talked about a couple days ago, the legal left's justification to convict and sentence General Flynn. And I think the Wall Street Journal editor said it the best. This has been three years of a public trial based on Russian disinformation. And Judge Sullivan should definitely not do this because it is sure that he would be overturned on appeal. We have the precedent from the higher court, the Court of Appeals right above him. We have the recent precedent, nine to zero decision by the Supreme Court just a week ago. So Judge Sullivan continuing this out is doing a manifest injustice to General Flynn and to all Americans who care about the idea of justice, justice for all. So we are witnessing an abuse of power by Judge Emmett Sullivan against General Flynn. This must stop. I'm Gail Trotter. Thank you so much for joining me today. Please subscribe so you don't miss a single one of my daily episodes. Hit the bell and comment down below uh, for what topics you would like me to cover next. I apologize and correct the record yesterday. I mentioned one of my favorite movies as a kid was Halloween and I told that lake scene and a, a very astute watcher yesterday corrected it and said that it was actually the movie Friday the 13th and not Halloween. So I stand corrected and I still love both of those movies. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for listening to The Gail Trotter Show, right in D.C. Be sure to sign up for her mailing list on her website, gailtrotter.com. And also follow her on Twitter, at Gail Trotter, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe now, it's easy. Thanks for listening. Share the truth. Share The Gail Trotter Show.